0: I feel that the most mortgage brokers that are successful and have the best connections with their clients are the ones that can tell stories and take the fear out of financing. So we're the experts. We can easily walk them through process. We can easily walk them through numbers, but being able to relate to where they're coming from on an emotional state and share stories of others is a superpower, I believe. So the better storyteller you are, the more people can feel comfortable and relate to you and understand that you're gonna know what they're thinking, spoken and unspoken
1: the most inspiring stories from today's most successful mortgage brokers join your host scott peckford on i love mortgage brokering hey broker nation scott peckford here today of angela calla angela has been in the mortgage business for 17 years she was on our show in the past way back on episode 122 in 2016 so five years ago and i want to bring angela back on because she's just a go-getter she's got so much energy she's so positive and there was three key areas that I talked to Angela about today on the show. First, I wanted to know about her experience with radio. So Angela's been doing radio for the last 12 years and she does an hour a week show. And I wanted to just find out, okay, like obviously it's working or she wouldn't continue to do it. But I wanted to just find out more about sort of how that worked in her business. The second thing I talked to Angela about was her book. And so she's written a book called The Mortgage Code. And so you can go get a copy of it if you like. And I just wanted to know, okay, how... Difficult was it to write a book? How's it affected your business or impacted your business? And so we talk about that, and then finally we talk about how Angela solved the financial planner challenge. So she would give people not advice, but say, Hey, look, this is what I would do if I were you in your situation. Go find a financial advisor to help you put this into place. Well, it rarely worked out the way that she wanted, and so Angela ended up partnering with a financial planner as well as getting some licensing in place so that she can now she's not doing financial planning but she's able to help support her clients through you know more parts of their financial journey i think it's a brilliant idea angela's a smart person you're going to love this interview with her and you're going to love the fact that she's thinking like a bank if you will in terms of creating more product lines and more services that she provides her clients to make her more sticky and more memorable and to create more value for her clients. Ultimately, check out this episode with Angela. And thanks again for checking out this show. Hey, Angela, welcome back to the show.
0: Thank you for having me, Scott. Such a pleasure. Congratulations on a very successful podcast.
1: Oh, thank you so much. You're very great at radio. You must have been doing this for a while.
0: I've had the privilege of being on the airwaves for about 12 years now. And uh, is it that a weekly has-
1: show or how often?
0: Every week I do a show on CKW. so it's been quite a journey, and in addition to that, I've been very fortunate to be a part of the Chorus Network and do some spots for global television. Whenever they have a mortgage spot available, they call me and I'm on there.
1: Right. That's cool. Okay. So I have a couple of things I want to talk to you about today because you've got an amazing business and I'm going to ask you a couple of questions about kind of where your business is at. You're doing some cool things with financial planning, really serving your clients. I want to talk about your book that you've come out with as well as radio. And so maybe we'll start with the radio, but before we do that, do you mind sharing sort of like, what does a typical year look like for you for volume and units? So people can have an idea of, and then how big is your team? That's kind of two separate questions there.
0: Sure. I do about $100 million of mortgage volume a year, and I have three full-time licensed mortgage brokers that handle from inquiry to completion and after service. And I recently brought on somebody to help a little bit with the marketing, a little bit with executive assisting with me. And I'm looking to really kind of formulate that a little bit stronger to get that assistance to go to the next level.
1: Right. And so in the loan process, what do you do? Do you interact with every client or only some clients and at which stage?
0: You know what? I oversee every aspect. I'm a little bit of a control freak. I get blank carbon copied on every single email that goes out and I see every single email. I've never met
1: any other mortgage brokers who are control freaks like ever, right? Like, (laughs) yeah, it's pretty common. Okay. So you see everything, but do you actually interact with the client or how does that work? I do
0: have specific touch points within like our CRM and depending on what's happening and just depending on the relationship with the client as well. And yeah, I mean, we have a journey for our clients that is, you know, tactical as well as visual and on the phone. So we just kind of walk them through that journey and make them a part of our family.
1: Right. Okay. And then last question on this, how many hours would you say you, you work a week with your team?
0: Well, you see, it never really stops, Scott. Because, no,
1: I, I know. I bet like, I'm just curious. Like, you know, I, to but, be yeah.
0: honest with you, I mean, it never really stops. I mean, you're on for mortgage related stuff. Monday to Friday, you know, kind of nine to five is the hours that I try to keep. But honestly, evenings and weekends, I'm prepping material for television and radio. I'm, you know, thinking of, you know, what I want to write about. I'm thinking about, you know, changing a system. I'm doing something human resources related or also there's a, yeah there's a,
1: always something else to do as you're growing your business yeah, so, it does, yeah. It does. so
0: I mean I wish I could be one of those people that's like oh I, well no I don't wish like could be one of those people but the reality is is we just try to maintain a balance and my favorite title is mom so I just try to live the best life that I can incorporating working as hard as I can helping as many people as I possibly can and you know being there to watch my precious kids grow up too
1: Right. And you said this before we got on here, we could actually talk for hours. You said that you work really hard when you're at work. And then when you're home, you're like really focused on your kids. Right. That's important to you.
0: I really try. I really try. I mean, obviously, if you've got something going on that is like really change related, but I really try to reserve the weekends for just being with my kids because they grow up so fast. I mean, I think every mother that runs a very multifaceted, fast paced business can relate to me in that aspect that you just, you know, you never feel like there's enough to go around and you don't want to miss anything. And that that could be part of the control freak aspect, but just accepting it and moving forward and sharing with your kids, that hard work and balance aspect, I think is actually beneficial to show kids as well, because that's the world they're going to grow up in.
1: Right. Let's talk about, we'll go radio. They're going to talk about book. And then I want to talk about how you've solved the financial planning conundrum that you've faced for many years in your business in terms of the radio. So how long have you been radio and can you tie any like specifics, like numbers or like, how has that kind of helped your business?
0: You know, I always felt that the stronger brand we could build in mortgages and how we can integrate that in lifestyle would really assist borrowers on a moving forward basis. I mean, I recently won business leader of the year from the Tri-City Chamber of Commerce and was one Congrats, of the highlighted the way. speakers. I saw that on social media. Thank you. And I was one of the speakers at the International Women's Day as well. And, you know, what I talked about is I feel that the most mortgage brokers that are successful and have the best connections with their clients are the ones that can tell stories and take the fear out of financing. So we're the experts. We can easily walk them through process. We can easily walk them through numbers, but being able to relate to where they're coming from on an emotional state and share stories of others is a superpower, I believe. So the better storyteller you are, the more people can feel comfortable and relate to you and understand that you're going to know what they're thinking, spoken and unspoken. So radio, has given me the opportunity to do that television is more news related but at times I'm able to weave in a story but I don't really have that opportunity on television because the news is like you have two and a half minutes to get out a ton of content
1: yeah fast it's like as quick as humanly possible and then now to our next segment kind of thing
0: Exactly. And with the book, it gave me a really unique opportunity to kind of bring together 15 years of experience and different stories and weave it in the chapters in different ways. So when I get the opportunity to speak to someone who's actually read my book because they got referred to it from a friend or their parents put it in their stocking for Christmas, the relationship that I have with them is very unique because it's very deep rooted And, you know, it's very multifaceted because they see me as a mortgage professional. They see me as a mentor. They see me as, that positive influence in their life that is going to continually be advocating for them. So the people that I have met through the book, we have this really, really deep connection, which is very different in today's world of TikTok and, you know, everything in 140 characters. It's very real and authentic, which is what we really crave in today's day and age. And what I crave as a person who is continually wanting to help people in the most meaningful way.
1: So in terms of that per week, how long is your show, your radio show? If somebody's thinking about this. Going, okay, that's a cool idea, Angela. What is the time commitment that you have to put into prepping for? Because I did a radio show way back in 2008. I never stuck with it. I ended up getting into podcasting. But I'm curious, what is the time commitment that you have for prep? It's, and
0: show um, it depends on the week, right? Because I'm in the front lines of the business. I see examples every day where I think, oh, my goodness, this is a story for the show. So I would say probably the show itself is an hour. And it's only 44 or so minutes. So there's a bunch of commercials that are in it already. So for 44 minutes, I try to have a client come and join me oh. on the show to talk about the experience. And so that takes away a few minutes depending on their interview. And I would say I spend like four to six hours a week on prep and talking and going back and forth with different things that we'd like to highlight. So it definitely is a time commitment. And you really have to be committed to it because it's not like you do a show and then all the phone phone
1: yeah you know it's a long term I say it's like planting a vineyard you don't plant a vineyard it takes seven years from seed to your first bottle of wine and radio or podcasting is it's not seven years but it's going to take probably 18 months before you're really exactly sorry so yeah four to six hours a week and you do one hour show you weave in stories in there okay so what about the book on top of everything else you're doing how long did it take you to put the book together from idea to like done yeah I'm curious about that
0: Well, you know, Scott, what's interesting is, you know, I make decisions very quickly when I'm going to do it. And if I'm going to do it, it's going to be like the best. Right. So I kind of just had my first baby and I was sitting there nursing on the weekend with my girlfriend who also had her little boy at the same time. And I said, you know, I really want to find another way to connect with people. And I said, you know what? I think I'm going to write a book. And she's like, are you crazy? We're just learning how to nurse our babies and you're going to write a book. And I said, yeah, I'm going to write a book. And so then it was, you know, I kind of put that out there and then I was open to the concept and I was seeking other people who had done it, and then came across that opportunity. So I decided I was going to invest in myself. And it took about a year and a half from beginning to end. And it was just a very disciplined process. I worked with the same company and got referred to the company from Dustin Woodhouse. Mm -hmm. And so I just took that path and ran with it. And then for me, the book was about, you know, sharing a journey of financing and helping people relate to it in a no fear way. And then, of course, right now, I feel like like I need to update it because so much has happened since I wrote it in 2018. Right. It's been a great experience from beginning to end. And the charities that I've been able to help along the way has been the most meaningful because the first year I did Eagle Ridge hospital foundation. So and Okay. Goal-
1: how is the book? Helping charities because oh, all the listening. proceeds. I, I know, there. I know this, but I want to make sure people listening know the answer to this.
0: Oh, thanks, Scott. If anybody's listening to this and would be so kind to consider getting my book, all the proceeds go to local charities. So the first year it went to Eagle Ridge Hospital Foundation, which contributed to us actually breaking ground this year to build the new emergency room. And in addition to that, the second year the proceeds went to Access Youth. And obviously, that's when COVID hit and they had to shift everything to online with their counseling for kids. So it was perfect Mm -hmm. timing. So as a result of the book, I got the opportunity to sing the anthem at a hockey game. And so I made it this big event and invited everyone and the team owner, you know, contributed to it as well. So we were able to make it this big event and we're able to contribute a lot more than just the book proceeds.
1: Not more than just book proceeds. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, so if any speaking engagements kind of thing come out of it or any other, you know, events that come out of it, all the proceeds go to whatever charity it is that year. And if you could write a review on the book and a five-star review, if you think it's helpful or you've learned something from it, that also helps as well. And I did it on Audible and it's also an ebook, So however you want it, Amazon can you, deliver it.
1: Right, you can get it anyway. So yeah. I love that fact that you actually like – You just ask, hey, we're talking and there's people listening to this, right? And so you're like, hey, let's go check it out. So that's awesome that you're.
0: I'd really appreciate it. You know, this year is the YWCA and it goes to single mothers and their children. So anything I can do to support community is really what I'm all about. I think, you know, what we do is we help people with mortgages and that's the fundamental of the security for their home. But I'm about helping people any way I can. And 2020 really brought that opportunity to light for me. And I'm very happy with the direction that we are moving in in 2021.
1: Okay. So we talked about the radio. We talked about the book. I guess you did get some business from the book. But again, the book, it's a seed that you're planting and it can go out and, you know, multiply over time. Let's talk about financial planners. So tell me about your struggle with working with financial planners and then how you've solved it and more importantly, how you serve your clients better by solving this because I think Definitely.
0: That's So there's quite a few things that I noticed in the mortgage business in my day-to-day practice. And first and foremost, Only four out of every 10 pre-approvals have the opportunity to go live and write an offer. And the reason was the other six people either needed a strategy to pay down their debt, or they needed a strategy to be able to actually save a down payment for the property that they were looking to buy. And so with that, I found that I was giving people advice and even going on television and radio, saying, "Okay, well, you need to save six hundred dollars a month for three years, and then you can buy your home," but I wasn't able to hold their hand. You know, I wasn't able to set that up for them. I wasn't able to, you know, take an automatic payment from their account into their RSP. So that coming to fruition for people just wasn't as significant as I had hoped. And so that was a little bit disappointing because I had no other opportunity. But the reality is if you think about this as a mortgage broker, the banks have that opportunity. Mm -hmm. If they sit there and talk with someone at the bank, the bank can then take them to somebody at the branch and say, here's how you can get to your down payment. So as mortgage brokers, I always felt that we were at a loss for that. And so what I attempted to do over the last six years was every time that we had a client who had a financial planner, I would go and ask who the financial planner was and I would go to meet with them. I would 100% of the time be disappointed because they were trying to give mortgage advice where they weren't certified. Mm -hmm. They were trying to sell them a product that they had access to or they had their own mortgage broker that they were trying to refer them to and trying to pull it away from me. So I was always disappointed with that. And also I was equally disappointed because I had a financial planner for the last 20 years. And throughout my practice, I generally focused on on debt consolidation and mortgage renewals. And so each and every day, I was sharing stories on my Facebook and living with these clients, saving them $800 a month, $1,200 a month, $2,600 a month, Mm -hmm. and having these people on my show. And they would say to me, what do I do now that I have this money? How do I protect myself? And I would tell them with my own experience, I would say, well, let's take a look. Oh, you don't have RESP set up for your kids. You don't have RSP set up all these things, but I wasn't even scratching the surface. I was just kind of already giving them this advice on what I would do personally, just with their scenario, not being licensed, just saying as a friend. But then again, I was just sending them- Say, now go find
1: somebody to help you implement this.
0: And I had nobody that I trusted. And then really what I was doing was maybe potentially even losing that client because they would go somewhere and I wouldn't be able to control the process. And then finally, when 2020 hit, I felt so sad for people because I already knew that seven out of 10 people live paycheck to paycheck. And the reality is nobody had an emergency fund. So I was desperately seeking how to help people beyond that. And I was trying to find ways, like maybe I could find an app to help people with budgeting or, you know, rounding up their payments so they could get an emergency plan. And I was actually doing a, I okay talk for the Chamber of Commerce on how people could do mortgage deferrals. And I had a financial planner that had reached out to me that had been trying to earn my business for the last six years, but I hadn't done enough research with him to feel comfortable to Mm -hmm. refer business to him. And then he said, look, I can see that you really care about helping your clients. Here are all the ways that you can actually help them. I can do a budget for them. I can help them with debt stacking. I can set up an automatic payment plan so we can save them money in their RSPs. I can set up TFSAs. I can set up RESPs. We can help them get better returns than where they are at their bank. We can save them money on life and disability insurance. And at first I was super resistant because I've yeah. been like MPP for life, but then, you know, insure then refer. And so we did a pilot project for a bit. And he said, look, you know, let's do a pilot project. We'll take, you know, your top clients that are your closest friends and family. And I'm going to just go through the process of how we help them with all these aspects. And the results were incredible because so many of my friends, my personal friends, you know, they're that person. They live paycheck to paycheck. And they're like, I don't want to meet with a financial planner. Like, I don't want to be embarrassed. I don't want to, you know, waste their time. And I said, no, no, this is what they're here to do. And within the first three months, he had found some of my friends friends' pensions from places that they worked at, you know, years ago that they never knew they had access to. He was helping my friend with a child that had diagnosed disabilities, learn about the RDSPs. They were setting up RESPs for people that just had never set them up. And also, he was helping people learn that the money they had in their savings account, they could put in their RSP and get a tax refund, and then they had the money for their down payment or to pay out that debt that was holding right. them back. So because of that, he's like, look, like you really need to look at this as a business. Let's get you licensed and let's incorporate this as a separate division. You know, all you do is make an introduction, but you're licensed, you understand it. You've already been doing this for your clients just as a friend. So this will just help people in a more meaningful way that you would like to, because you want this for people and you just haven't had the opportunity with a partner who's also been independent that is advocating for people. So it's been really exciting to find people all this additional money and to be able to see them get set up on plans and most of all, not get sold things that weren't good for them because we all know that the banks only sell them products that they're paid the most to sell them Mm -hmm. and they don't get any ongoing service. And, you know, the middle class is just so underserviced. Most of my clients are essential service. You know, they're nurses, they're ambulance, they're teachers, they're care aides. And so being able to see these people become wealthier, we've been able to on average, improve the wealth of our clients by $37,000 since we've been doing this.
1: Wow, that's amazing. So a couple things you'd said before. So like you'd said, like in a year, how many people would you talk to? And how many deals would you get out of it by having a way to now help those folks? Like, I want people to actually quantify the opportunity that you know, that they potentially could be leaving. sure. So, so Scott,
0: here's the issue. I get 1,600 inquiries a year, and I only close about 300 mortgages. Not because I don't want to do business, but it's just not the right time for them. Or yeah. they might be in the right mortgage at the right time, or they have all of these things that they needed to do that I'll I couldn't help first. them with. Right. You know. So now having that financial planning division. I'm able to help those people in a more meaningful way and keep it in the family so when it is the right time for the mortgage we're here and also with the financial planning division that's also growing about two additional referrals per client over and above the mortgage. So that referral aspect coming back to us is what I had been searching for for the last, you know, several years. But finally, because I'm licensed and because of how this partnership is structured, it's bringing that back by helping people, finding the money and making them wealthier.
1: Right, and essentially what you're doing is how the bank has, They know, the more lines of products you have with the customer, the more loyal they are, the less likely they are to go somewhere else. And so you're just increasing, you're going up the value add chain, you're adding multiple product lines that you typically wouldn't have access to through this partnership, and then you're serving the client better, which means all around it's a great idea.
0: Well, Scott, how many people have you not been able to renew a mortgage for because their qualifications are no more?
1: Yeah. All the time it happens,
0: but the banks are making it more difficult because they want to retain the business once we've given it to them. And I understand that, but why not now have all the services of a bank besides deposits, but all in the best interest of the customer?
1: Right. yeah, Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. So if somebody's interested in like, Hey, this is something that sounds kind of cool. Could they reach out to you or how would that work?
0: Yep. If they're in British Columbia, and they would like mentorship on how to set this up in their business, the way that I have, they can definitely email me directly at Angela at countoncala.ca. And I can show them what we've done and make them an introduction and see how they can help their clients as a result as well.
1: Right. That's awesome. Okay. So before we wrap this call, we talked about radio, TV, we talked about the book, We talked about you became the bank in a way for your clients by not opening up a bank, but essentially those services and yeah, all the services they offer. Yeah. So is there anything else that I should have asked you, you know, that you think would be helpful for our listeners?
0: I don't know, Scott, what are you curious about?
1: Would you write another book?
0: Not another book, not another entire book. So what I've done since I've written that book is I've co-authored in two other books. And one of them is a dynamic woman's book. So it's just other successful women in all different industries. And most recently, I did the Pursuit 365 book with Shelly Ann Hughes, who's also the editor of Fresh Magazine. And it's been really neat to meet people from across the country, all in different industries that have really unique stories to share. So again, consistent with the lifestyle branding and taking the fear out of financing and helping people understand mortgages, it's all consistent together. I definitely need to update the mortgage code because I feel there's been so many advances, particularly in the reverse mortgage sector. And I'd love to share what I've learned about the financial planning aspect, both personally from having my own investments like I wrote about in the book, but also how it's been able to help others I just think any way that you can help Canadians be wealthier and more independent and live better lives is really exciting. So I will take a look at doing that. And right now it's just a matter of working that into the schedule.
1: And I love that you focus on the middle class because there's a lot of pressure on them right now. So
0: there's uh, so much pressure. So if you're middle class, I'm your girl,
1: right? That's awesome. Well, Angela, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And definitely reach out to her if you have something that you'd like to implement in your own business. And yeah, it's always great to connect and we could talk for hours, but this was awesome.
0: Excellent. Thanks for having me. And it's always a pleasure.
1: This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.